Hey, everybody, it's Brian. Uh, I wanted to let you know that this week's episode, we have a really fun video version of it over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash late night. And it is definitely worth watching. Uh, of course, our guest this week is the wonderful, the amazing, the talented, the beautiful Mr. Jory Griffiths. And uh, just to see his face is incredible. But also, even in addition to that, there's uh, there's some stuff you're going to want to see. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, but go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash late night and sign up at any tier to see the video version if you sign up at the two and three peach tier you get additional mini episodes every week blah 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 but no matter what go over there sign up any tier to see the video version of this and every other episode we got all right enjoy this episode it's really fun and uh we we go on a ride we go on a ride in this one I do think I I saw, you know, this was a year ago now when we thought the pandemic was almost over, but like <laughs> I read an article that was about how like all of the conditions of being on a video call on your shitty computer with your shitty tiny webcam with tons of parallax that makes your nose look huge and your face not look like you think it does. All of that stuff is like the worst possible to create like basically straight up like body dysmorphia. <laughs> like. Oh it's my so God. unfortunate. Yeah. It's every time I talk on, every time we like FaceTime on uh, this iPad uh, that I have, it's, by the way, you're unfrozen now. Great. Uh, I am like, do, am I, do I look like an actual monster? Because it is, it's something about it's low and it's tilted up. And so the angle <laughs> it's getting is like this. And it's, it, it's very upsetting to see yourself from a low angle. Oh, it, yeah. no one should have to see that. <laughs> Well, I, I think that what it does to my brain, too, in terms of, like, uh, the way my psychology twists it around to make it even worse than it is, is not only do you look like shit when you're on a Zoom thing, then the feeling when you look in a mirror and you have that thought, like, oh, I don't look that bad. Like, I don't look like a mm -hmm. Muppet like I do on a webcam. Uh, right. Then I think that I must be, like, some kind of, like, narcissist with, like, a distorted <laughs> self-image. So, like... <laughs> Oh, what, you think you don't look like a fucking cartoon character? You fraud. <laughs> I remember once uh, John Hodgman was talking about ba basically being on TV for the first time after, you know, basically when he started launching his uh, acting career, uh, he had a, a, a realization when he was like, oh, when I look at myself in the mirror, I'm kind of picking the angle I look at. And when I look at myself on camera, someone else is in charge of that. And I'm not happy about it. Yeah, that's really tough. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, I've, got, I've gotten to the point where I keep my, um, I put my, like, makeup mirror in front of my computer. Because it's like, all right, I only need the coverage from my camera. So I will have the backup camera on and do the sufficient amount to not look like a Muppet on a camera. And then <laughs> fuck everything else. Wait, hold on. I think I need the specifics explained just a little bit better. Because this sounds really smart. So you have a glass viewing device present <laughs> to make sense of your own appearance. Okay, I think I understand. Yes, and then I keep the, the camera on my webcam up on my monitor, which is right here. So I see the cleaned up version for my webcam, and then I get to look in here and see the Ren and Stimpy close-up painting of my face and be like, well, at least I can't see that. 
we've mixed our metaphors so much that I think that there's just no way to win. I think body image is just a no win situation. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I don't want to see or be perceived ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which oh. is great when you do a video podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also great when you're on stage and at fan events when people are taking pictures of you and then those pictures find their way onto the internet and you're like, oh no. I was like, you know, if someone catches you mid word, so you're like, <laughs> and it's, it's like, whoa. What was going on with my face there? But no one, of course, no one looks good. Even the hottest person in the world. Uh, who? Let's see. Who's the hottest person in the world? I don't know. We'll come I thought about trying to name a specific, <laughs> and then I was like, this is a bad tunnel to go down. Yes, and that's exactly, Jory, we had the same thought. I was like, that, I could say something fun here. Nope. I'm not touching it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, even the hottest person in the world looks weird, uh, frozen, mid-word. Mid Fair. Or just every single person feels weird. I don't think I know a single person who's like, I feel 100% about my face and body at all times. I don't think yeah. that person exists. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I, I live with that person. Her name is Audrey. She thinks she is the greatest thing in the entire world. She, did Rachel told you the story. Uh, well, first of all, you were both at Thanksgiving, which was lovely this year. It was. Thank uh, you so much. Did for she tell great. you? Oh, no, thank you for coming. Uh, uh, did she tell you the Audrey haircut story? She did. did, she, did she, yes. <laughs> Have you told this story on the pod? Because you should if you feel comfortable. No, no, I, I haven't. Actually, I did. When Leighton and I were doing a mini episode uh, yesterday, I was going to, I texted Rachel to come in and tell it because she does a better job than I do, but I will just tell it now. Rachel and Audrey went to get haircuts. Uh, I don't know, like the Friday before Thanksgiving or something. And Hold uh, on. Aud Brian, don't yes. listen to this. Jory, okay. we both have to act like we've never heard this story before. <laughs> oh, is that, how, is that how showbiz works? I need to be, well, like, faking yeah, shit all the time? that mic. He can't hear us if we put our hands up like that. That's this, true. Okay, cool. I'm glad we can sidebar like right. this. And it's a bit we'll remember to keep running throughout the show. We're not going to do it good. once and then drop it. Very exactly. good. Exactly. Cool. Great. Well, anyway, Brian, please continue with your incredible story. On the offhand that uh, you had heard this story before, you wouldn't have heard it from me, so this would be a brand new storytelling experience and you could rate you could rate who told it better right it's mm. like who wore it better but who told it better so uh, score one for brian yeah um rachel uh took audrey to get a haircut and she gave the the guy cutting audrey's hair uh some kind of instruction which he translated to doing laden what's the is it a blowout or straightening the hair what's the right term here that would be referred to as a blowout with the minimal okay. details that you have provided and that I also don't know about the story. Great. The language that so, Rachel used was blowout, though, yes, I haven't heard this story either. Perfect. Uh, yes, so she said basically Audrey gets a little Betty Page haircut. She, her hairstyle is essentially that of Animal from the Muppets, and uh, it's very poofy and, like, she has really curly hair, and so she gets a little, you know, bangs across the top and then... Uh, kind of hangs down and this guy interpreted Betty Page fairly literally and spent a long time like straightening Audrey's hair which is naturally quite curly she so first of all she sat there and had this haircut for 45 minutes which is a stunning amount of time for a seven-year-old to stay still but she was so enamored with how she looked after this that she and uh rachel walked into any store they walked into store box store box wow starbucks 
uh, which is a store where you pay bucks. That's probably what I was thinking when I said it. Uh, so every store they walked into, Audrey would loudly say to whoever was listening, I got my haircut. I got a haircut. I just got a haircut. And then the person, because a little kid, a cute little kid is talking to them, would say, oh, wow, your hair looks really nice. And Audrey would kind of flip it and go, I know, right? Look at it. Look at it. And then, apparently, after this happened three times, when Audrey walked into a store, loudly announced that she got a haircut, got a compliment on it, walked out of the, the third store and said to Rachel, why is everybody so obsessed with me? <laughs> That is and it's wild. like, because you're telling them how awesome you are, and they're just agreeing with you. So all, all children are narcissists. This is just true. Mm-hmm. And it is it is fun to live with someone who knows, both, both thinks and knows that she is amazing and is living her best life and just unafraid of basically any kind of judgment from anyone else. That's so great. I... I decided against overselling the laughs as you were going through the story and just laughing earnestly, and now I feel like I blew it. I should have laughed harder than is appropriate. No, I think you did great. I, I felt like I earned it, Jory. Wow. Which is really nice. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Wow. So I, pre- I appreciate your honesty. Of course. Uh, yeah, I think... I think it does look very good. It does. And I think I was thinking about that being around Audrey. Just like, God, I don't want to unlearn 100% of my constant vice grip of self-consciousness, but... A little bit. Shedding just a oh. little bit of that skin would be nice. Yeah. Same. Give me just, really is just enough of this so I so it stops just the non-stop like, self-loathing in my brain, but not so much that I swing around and become the exact kind of person I hate the most. Yeah, a real Brent. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Brent's a thoughtful man. No, Brent. Brent. <laughs> I, here's my goal. So as we've talked about, Brent is our white whale for this podcast. He <laughs> has never heard about this. He refuses yeah. to be on it. Uh, Why? But he's getting, uh, well, no, believe, believe me, I think for Brent is legitimately one of my favorite people. He is just awesome. Um, I also, you know, we're not going to, if people don't want to be on, we're not going to force him to be on. No, but we are going to force him to be on. I think this is yeah. the part where we start saying blatant untruths at this point, so that if he has a right. problem with us spreading libel, then he needs to come on the show and correct it himself. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, we are free to the, spread whatever. All yeah. the talk about his smelly penis got him on Super Mega real quick, didn't it? <laughs> 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 so asinine. <laughs> it's, it's that is so yeah. I love that. But this is what Buddy I was going for. Asinine is our bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I was going for with the whatever negative thing I said about him before. Is if he wants to correct the record, this is my campaign now. Let's say bullshit about Brent, and then he can come on and correct the record. He can take us point by point through mm-hmm. every single stupid thing we've said about him and deny it we won't believe him but he can do it and maybe that'll be motivation for him to come on okay i'm not comfortable participating in this that's you (laughs) you don't have to be not your show not your problem great okay i (laughs) officially withdraw from this premise please carry on if you wish but he is like legitimately he is one of the nicest people i've ever met i mean thinks about his whole job essentially is helping other people like a good that's what a good manager does right is helps other people and hopefully makes money in the process of course but if someone you know 
you guys know this, but maybe our listening audience doesn't. The difference between a manager and an agent is an agent just gets you work and gets you paid, right? A manager helps build your career and suggests things and is willing to do things to build you that might not result in a big payday, right? And Brent, from the get-go, has all been all about building and nurturing and not just not just doing shit to to make money and it is really i i have the i mean he, he's like the most scrupulously honest person i've ever met which is well, shocking for somebody that. who does what's, what he does what's really important about brent is that you have if you have any need to um uh transit any sort of illegal animal across mm. state lines without yeah, his, getting caught in a fe- his pants federal, are available. Yes. Yeah, federal animal trafficking sting. He's your guy. Yeah, that's right. He loves Marmosets, trafficking man. illegal. He he has a a, a burgeoning chinchilla farm. <laughs> there were there were several full months where I was afraid to be online on Steam because if I ever was at any hour of the day, I would get invites to play PUBG by that man. <laughs> so, this is this is what I know about him. Yeah, I think he's fallen off the the PUBG train. Yeah, I feel like I'm blowing up his spot, but he's all about Valheim now. I don't even know what this. What's what's Valheim? I don't even know what this is. It's hot take season if we get into Valheim. I don't oh, have hot well, takes about Valheim. No, no, but. no. But this actually, so I, you know, I, I'm not much in terms of segment ideas usually, but I did want to ask since Jory, I know this is your thing, the hot take. I wanted to do Jory's Hot Take Corner, where you give us your spiciest, hottest, cruelest takes and really, really go Brian, off. this is the meanest segment you could ever try to, like, if you came up in a lab with the thing that would make Jory the most uncomfortable to pitch on this show in the moment, I think that you couldn't do better than that. When Jory's, I don't want to call it, but, but no, no, hear me out. Because specifically to avoid putting Jory on the spot, I would mm-hmm. not call this segment Jory's Hot Takes. We're going to call it Jory's Hot Cakes to take a little bit of the pressure off. But the idea is exactly mm. the same. It's okay. just that the title title is slightly different to make it a comforting breakfast. It is cute and appealing, yeah. Yeah, right? All right. Uh, Say some mean shit. My, my take... <laughs> My Valheim take, and this could not possibly be more gamer, or could it, I think that this will probably win me some fans with Gen Z. Uh, oh, yeah. So I think the biggest fans of Valheim are people who never played Minecraft. There, I said it. Oh. Okay. I need context for this, because <laughs> I don't know what Valheim is, and I barely know what Minecraft is. Valheim is uh, Norse Minecraft, and Minecraft is Minecraft. Uh, okay. And I think that is actually as concise as I could have possibly made that. And I've basically yeah. given you my entire position on it. So uh, great. Does Valheim attract a, is it like less for children than Minecraft? Uh, you know what? That's tough because Valheim, I think that it deserves its success. I think it's technically extremely successful. And from a design standpoint, I think it's really solid and, and pretty fun to play. Just that I've already played a shitload of Minecraft, so I don't really have a strong desire to play it. I I haven't played a Pokemon mm-hmm. game since Pokemon Red. I I typically, if I play something like that, I've kind of had my fill for my entire life, and I don't need any more. <laughs> which is a, an obnoxious and contrarian way of putting it. That's not exactly what I mean when I think about it in my own head. But um, uh, the game rules is what I was saying, but. It also came out in 2020 when no one had anything to do. It came out in like May 2020. And oh, sure. so yeah. 
uh, people flocked to it. And it's like, if Minecraft had come out in May 2020, people would have flocked to it. People would flock to fucking anything. People flocked yeah. to Tiger King. Like, people people would have flocked to whatever. This is true. Jory, this, you know, this is sort of part of this segment bit, but you and I both know that we each mutually have extremely scorching takes about films. Oh. How hot of a take are we willing to do on this show about films? <laughs> I don't know. I don't... I don't... I, I think that... I think I've been talking about this with you, Leighton, to a certain extent, is that, like, my tendency for hot takes is like a, with all respect for high school contrarians, where would any of us be if we hadn't been them at some point in our lives? But, like, it is a very high school contrarian instinct that I'm constantly trying to tamp down. And I think that, like, I've been trying to get into um, schools of criticism about that type of crap, where people like stuff that feels vanilla to me and are good at specifically enunciating why they like this vanilla thing. Because I, I do think that, like, if you say, like, Ghostbusters, one of the legendary films of the 1980s and of American comedy, it's, mm -hmm. it's like, that's how you get Ghostbusters Afterlife, a film I have not seen, but which looks like turgid garbage. Did you, did you, uh, did you watch the uh, Half in the Bag? I think I watched like half of the half in the bag. I watched a quarter of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, That's pretty okay. good. <laughs> I think Ghostbusters is an interesting one. Uh, maybe precisely because of our uh, roughly 10 years apart each as we go down the, the ladder here between us. I grew up with Ghostbusters. I was nine when it came out. I watched, I went to the theater to see it and got scared by the librarian and left. Um, That's how... I love that. It came out, um, and I was nine. By the way, most nine-year-olds didn't have a problem with Ghostbusters, but I was a very sensitive young lad. And uh, once I was, and then probably a year later, I was like super into it. And by the way, thought it an extreme act of bravery to even watch it on VHS at that point. That rules. Uh, I the the first DVD I purchased when I purchased a DVD was Ghostbusters. Um, so that I think same. I, it was was it the Ghostbusters one and two double pack in like the schmarmy like schmaltzy packaging? I think no. I think it was just Ghostbusters. I okay. don't think they had the double pack then. All right, maybe this um, was later then because I, I think my but, actual first DVD. I get. I bet. Sorry for the sidebar, but I would I would guess fifty percent of people's first DVD was The Matrix with the Follow the White Rabbit yes. special feature. Yeah, probably Office Space is way up there too. Mm -hmm. um, but, you're so right. The Office Space DVD is one that if you go to a yard sale, you will find it. They can have yes. three DVDs and one of them will be Office Space. That's right. Famously, I mean, we, I think we all know this, right? That movie was kind of a flop in the box office and then uh, went on to cult status because of the DVD release, right? People mm -hmm. just found it on DVD and fell in love with it. Um, anyway, my point about Ghostbusters was, so I grew up with these movies and I loved them. Like, I played the Ghostbusters Apple II Plus game. I, you know, uh, I, I, I that, knew all the characters. Yes. Is that the one please. where it's like an awkward, like, overhead map of the city yes. as you're, like, building? Yeah, that game is weird. It's weird. <laughs> I haven't played it, you know, in whatever it is now, 35 years or something. But, uh, yeah, it's a very odd game that I don't remember well. Uh, but I was in the Ghostbusters fandom. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, such as it was in the 1980s. Um, and I, I deeply loved it. 
and still do deeply love it. But when I watch it now, every time I watch it, I'm like, the editing in this movie is so bad that it it almost defies explanation. Like, there are weird, harsh cuts in the middle of it. I don't know if people were improvising. They just cut stuff out. It oh, feels yeah. really janky in a way that, of course, I, when I was a kid, I didn't notice. And I am very curious if a, you know, a, a younger person, such as, let's say, you, Layton, coming to this possibly... I mean, I'm sure you've seen Ghostbusters, but when you watched it for the first time, here's all. Here's what I'm trying to get at. If someone, if an adult watched Ghostbusters for the first time now, without ever having seen it before, would they be like, "What is this bullshit?" Or is that just, you know, some people like it, some people won't? I will say that I watched Ghostbusters pretty much free of cultural ex- influence when I was probably maybe a little bit older than you were, Brian. Oh, okay. it's a good movie, but it was yeah. just like, oh, it's a good fun movie. kids movie. Yeah, that's fun. I, I'll rewatch it if it's on TV. Neat. Um, now, I should say when I say it's a fun kids movie, I'm mentally excising the blowjob ghost, which of course is was confusing to me at the time, and now remains even more confusing to me that it exists in that film. But it's confusing for different reasons. Well, it's a it's a dream sequence in the context of the edit of the film. Who knows if it was meant to be when they shot it? But uh, <laughs> oh. Sorry, the dream sequence reminds me. Can I relate to you a dream I had last night? Jesus Christ. We're all, we're not even at episode 100 and we're already at, like, Brian's dream corner. Okay, but this one I think you'll hey, like. The man is opening his heart here. This is a dream. No, well, when you, you see allowed. it. He's um, allowed. Let's see if I can uh, accurately... Uh, uh, retell this. So, okay, in this in this dream, I am hanging out with the cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, which is a show I, I like a lot, but don't watch that frequently. Why? Taking it notes here for that... Jory's hot take corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can almost guarantee you that I'm not going to tell this story in an interesting way. Uh, oh, so we knew that. We are near the. I guess, brownstone apartment of a friend of mine and Rachel's. Now, this guy lives in in Minneapolis. I've been to his family's house where he lives. It looks nothing like this. This is a a house kind of in uh, in the dream. The house is like a brownstone in Brooklyn or New York or something like that. Uh, But I am hanging out with the Always Sunny cast, and we're near his place. Now, for some reason, there's a big pipe sticking out of the ground kind of around the corner and charlie says i'm gonna fuck that i'm gonna fuck that pipe and uh of course frank is like yeah charlie let's go fuck the pipe everyone wants to fuck the pipe so the entire cast everybody uh starts to uh, create a plan to go fuck this pipe long story short they fuck the pipe how much is the opening on the pipe it is, is there like, an opening at all? Am I just projecting it's a, it's a there's an opening? pipe sticking out of the ground, like kind of a PVC tube, and it's like, I'd say, uh, nine inches or so in diameter. It's big. It's big. It, it's not a thing that you would look at and think, that's a fuckable-sized <laughs> thing, right? Of course. Are, in the dream, are um, you judging them for this? I'm part of the caper. I'm in on it. Like I, I, I'm you're, like, you're yeah, fucking the pipe. Prepared to fuck the pipe. I, I, no, 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 no. To be clear, Joy, I'm not fucking the pipe. I am aiding and abetting the pipe fucking. Okay? So uh, they fuck yeah, the pipe. There's, there's that classic expression. Who was it? Uh, uh, was this like, uh, like Truman or something who said the only thing that must happen for pipes to get fucked is for good men to do nothing? 
Is that what it was? <laughs> yes, Truman from the Truman Show. That's right. Uh, the uh, so okay, so they fucked this pipe somehow. I don't really recall the details, but the point is, this is somehow connected to like the sewer or whatever, and it causes a massive uh, flood within the house. So basically, the house blows up with water. The pipe gets fucked. My friend's house blows up with water. By the way, this is definitely one of those things where I don't know how I knew it was his house. He was not there. No one was around. There was no connect. There weren't like pictures of him on the wall. Yeah. It was just, I knew in my mind, this is this it. is my bud's house. That can only be communicated in like a dream or a novel. Like yes. in a novel, you could have the interiority to explain that, but otherwise, like how would yeah. you explain visually? That's so funny. Yeah, okay, but here's where it gets weird, okay? So uh, the house is now exploded with water, and uh, it is, uh, it, it's covered, it's soaked, including, like, the we, 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 we somehow walk in the house. I guess the door blew off, I don't remember. So we walk into the house. This house is soaked with water, and we walk into the back, like, garden, kind of backyard of, of this place, and there are like dead slugs and stuff all over the ground, which I guess have been blown up by the pipe or whatever. Now, also in like kind of in the water, did you, there is, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off or to, yeah, no, please. Did you feel guilty about the slugs? I, I, I picked one up in the dream and I was like, oh great. And it was real big. It was like kind of like banana slug sized, like real okay. big, but it looked like a normal slug. It was, but it was, it was one of like those, you know, those giant African snails, Oh, of course, yeah. Like that size. Damn. Um, So I'm looking around. Now, in the water, kind of slithering up a wall, is in, like, neon pen, a cartoon drawing of a cat's face in, in like, an outline. It's like a line drawing, okay? Mm -hmm. And this thing is singing a song, which is like, I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty. The Always Sunny crew sees this, and they're like, fucking run. Get out of here. Fuck. Oh, fuck. It's back. And uh, we sense the presence of pure evil in this neon line drawing of a cat's face that's singing this. Brian, the kitty, that's delightful. The kitty, right? This is incredible. Brian, you caught song. a big fish. Uh, right? And, and, and okay, here's, where, here's where I fucked it up. I... Somewhere as we're running in fear out of this house, that's when I wake up. And I have this song, the I'm the kitty, I'm the kitty song in my head to the extent where, like, I could have sung it into my phone just then and gotten it down. Um, it was very, very clear with the melody. And I remember waking up and thinking, where did I hear that song? Oh, shit, that's the fucking cat face from the dream. All right. <laughs> And I wish the place I fucked it up is I should have immediately hit record on that phone and sung it in because I was I was awake at this point. This is like six a.m., so I'm about to wake up anyway. It was one of those things where you wake up right before your alarm's about to go off. But the I'm sure had, had I sung it to you as it actually was, it would have sounded like a totally normal song. But what I cannot convey is the the pure dread that <laughs> accompanied this. This is like oh my god, what there's, what, there's a, a a movie. Uh, no, okay, no. This is this is the Winkies moment from hmm. uh, Mulholland Drive that I'm trying to convey to you. That when they're in the Winkies and they're, you know, the the kind of the music starts and it gets real weird. It's getting sweatier and sweatier. That, yeah, that that uh, Patrick Fischler like 
I'm so impressed you remember his name. I would have never. Well, I, I yeah. love him. He's a great actor. He's uh, great. One of the great faces of all time. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was the vibe when they saw this cat face. It was like, fuck, we are fucked. That rules. Could you possibly, do you have a piece of paper near you? Could you possibly draw an approximation of this cat? Yeah, give me a second. I can't do the colors. That's fine. But give me a second. It's just, you know, we need a picture for this episode for socials, and I feel like that would be a good one. I mean, because I want to see the cat, you know, it would be cool to see. That rips. I, th I think that is so strong. Uh, All right, hold on. Uh, yeah, I, right I fucking Did love that. I actually, in order to roast you, hit the stopwatch on my desk to see how long it took you to tell that dream story, which about a cool six minutes. But I, it was I added good, like another minute it. to that easy. I think it was very concise. What, was it worth it? Yes. 100%. Okay, so Brian, oh, I love that that drawing ASMR. I hate it. Ugh, I think I think like dry marking tool on paper is like one of my absolute biggest like pet peeves. It's like napkins are worse, but like pencil or like marker that's like a little too dry, like a felt tip thing on paper, I I can't stand mm. it. That noise is the worst to me. That's very That's interesting. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. I know, I can't I'm aware. stand the like tactile sensation of a like completely analog non-mechanical pencil that's like not super sharpened and also has one of those disgusting erasers like that oh, experience. Ooh. If it's oh, one of the ones if it's one of the ones with like the really pulpy wood and you've you've drawn with it so much that the wood is kind of actually there's spots where the wood will get in the way of the the pigment if you try to make a mark with it yes it's the absolute and mm -hmm. it, the squeak that that makes when it hits the paper makes me want to die it's the worst yeah yeah are you ready for the face of pure evil from my dream <laughs> this I'm sorry. I, I, I okay. a verbal yes where my, verbal yes where my brain is at right now is that when you show this to me i am going to die <laughs> <laughs> I this am currently myself in a dreamlike state where this is going to annihilate me somehow. Okay. This is like Here. the tape from the ring. Uh -huh. There we go. Bring it on. That's <laughs> <laughs> so much better than I hoped it would be. Yeah, that is perfect. That really does look like it was designed by a team of artists to perfectly encapsulate what you're saying. That's, I could that's... never I could never draw a cat that didn't have the cat bifurcated mm -hmm. lip thing and that it, that it doesn't it just has a little smile is so insidious i adore Will you show it. it again of course i'll show it again well no part of this is the time go. this is yes. the time where it's like the rabbit out of the hat trick from the twilight zone movie yes, where he yes, shows yes. that shows it again <laughs> and you. it's a nasty Thank monster you. that's exactly what it is uh, oh. part, part of me wanted to say show what <laughs> here you go it's so good it's incredible. A uh, visual bit for an audio now, medium. Imagine that. So what it was was it was like subscribe to our Patreon at any tier to get access to the video episode. <laughs> there was this was like in neon pinks and purples, pretty much, and maybe some reds too. But like very like when when I say neon, I don't just mean the color neon. I mean it looked like a neon sign. Like behind you. Uh yes, like, what? Um, yeah. Anyway, that was my amazing dream. I love it. I, this is one of those things where I wish that I could like phone a friend, but my therapist, who is a psychoanalyst, and just be like, hey, doctor, therapist, mm -hmm. name, what, what's this mean? What's your take? 
Yeah, what does it mean? Um, I, I am definitely not, uh, you know, b being uh, fully me here, I think dreams are just brain garbage and don't mean anything, generally speaking. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's where I stand. And uh, what does it mean? What it means is... Uh, I, I, I cannot suss out any coherent meaning from this. I don't hate cats. Let me just say that. Uh, I'm allergic to them. It's about uh, what the cat represents, Brian. Okay. I do, well, let me just be clear. I don't want to fuck a big pipe, okay? I do, I do want to have that on the record. So you did fuck the pipe in the dream? <laughs> no, thank you, Jory. I believe I was clear about this. I did not, and I'm saying I don't Yeah, know now I think you were lying when you were clear about this, Brian. I think Freud would have some thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, well, probably. Um, and Magritte probably would, too. Yeah. Uh, this is I think not a pipe you know, that you fucked. Here's what it means. I, I like the joke, Clayton. I'm sorry I didn't get it. Thank well, you, thank you. Uh I want to. Uh, I should go back and watch Always Sunny. It's been a. It's been a while. I think that's that's the meaning. I I, think up up there with the office. I know Jory has scorching Always Sunny takes that I actually completely understand. Um, but I think Always Sunny entered the um, depression wasteland for me, along with mm -hmm. The Office mm -hmm. and Parks and Rec. Sure. Where it's like, I have rewatched this so many times that I just cannot physically take it because watching it just shoots me back to like yeah. you know, decades, yeah. decades of mental bullshit spent under like the Novocaine of constant barrage of media. Yeah. My um my illegally downloaded AVIs of Mr. Show were that for a really long time. And then oh. I got the DVDs, which have audio commentary, which are like proto-comedy bang-bang. And yes. then the DVDs with audio commentary became my version of that that I listened to over and over again until they're burned into the back of my brain. You uh, know what I was just thinking about with Mr. Show? Possibly the greatest line, line reading, maybe of all time. I, I have not been able to get this out of my brain for whatever, 20-something years, is Karen Kilgareth. Kilgareth, 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 sorry, uh, as the <laughs> probably drunk uh, wife of one of the ventriloquists in the ventriloquism wars, where she's... <laughs> uh, you know what, right do, now do I remember the read, but not the line, and I'm okay. so curious so what it is. They say they're, they're having these, like, uh, it's supposed to be like the East Coast, West Coast rap thing, mm -hmm. um, but they say, you know, now for you know to address the 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 feud between the ventriloquists we turn to the wife of whoever or what i can't remember what her character was and she's standing in front of a podium holding like a oh. cocktail glass right now i remember it's the, it's the name of the episode in which the line appears that's correct and she just looks at the camera there's a long pause and drunkenly she goes oh you men it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much so, exactly right it is uh, except she the way she says it is maybe, it's one of the funniest things ever. It is uh, three words that she just nails. It's so funny. Yeah, she really conveys how far past this she yeah. is. Uh, it is really interesting so how yeah. strongly a line re read or delivery will stick in your head, even if you don't remember exactly the line or even the context or even what it's from, where like you will just have the voice saying it in your head and you're like, what the fuck? fuck was that oh. from like, yeah what am i so even real. referencing when i think so, this in my brain i'm curious if we've ever talked about this because i think about this precise question a lot what are 
I feel like I talked about this with someone very recently. What are uh, line readings that have tra transcended the thing they're in to the extent where people don't even remember the original thing? Every Simpsons joke? That's well, the easy answer. Th th there, there is that. The one, the one that comes to mind for me, and maybe this is so niche, no one else will uh, appreciate this, is uh, the tour guide from the movie Dave, the Kevin Klein movie Dave, going, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and we're stopping. Yeah, Where, I, 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 I like know I have seen that movie, but people reference that constantly. People reference that line constantly, we're walking, we're walking, we're walking, and we're stopping. And uh, I hear that probably not as much as I used to, but probably most people who say that do not know the movie it's from. So can yeah. you think of other examples? It, it, it is meme culture in the purest sense. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm always um, curious about specific examples. I, the, the, the dumb one that my brain first thought of was, uh, from, from, uh, from Mad Men when, uh, when Don yells, that's what the money's for. Like that one oh, has, yeah. I think, permeated to a certain extent. This is one where the moment we stop recording, I'm going to think of like five of them. Yeah. Right. Do people still, do, do people still do WhatsApp bits? Oh, I do because they're funny. <laughs> they are really funny. But yeah, like uh, people, people probably know that better as like a The Office reference now than that, they do as a Budweiser commercial, right? Yes. Okay. So, a related question for both of you: What is something that you belatedly realized was a reference to something else? So, with that, you know, you, you I'll, I'll tell you the first example that uh, occurs to me. Thank you. And this was a source of some embarrassment to me when I was Great. in college. Okay. Uh, uh, we had a guest composer come for a uh, composition class I was doing, and the guy had written a piece called I Heard the News Today, Oh Boy. Now. Oh, great. You know what? I think I might have had a similar thing. I knew Young Americans way before I knew uh, Day in the Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said, uh, I, you know, he was blah, blah, blah. I heard the new Stale Boy, and I raised my hand and I said, "Is that a Devo reference?" Because there's a it was a line from a Devo song. That's Not great. Recognizing that that was in itself a Beatles quote, um, and then and the guy, of course, you know, who's probably younger than I am now, uh, at the time, was like, "No, dude, it's from the Beatles." And I was like, "Oh my fucking god, I'm such an idiot." Uh, but. I am fascinated by this thing. And we find them all the time as we go through life. These things that you're like, oh, shit, that was a reference to this? What the fuck? I think I, it's it's one that comes up a lot with um, if you grew up on a lot of, like, 90s, 2000s cartoons and also did not have the big media backlog. Like, mm -hmm. I think, it, once again, mentioning The Simpsons, where it's like there are so many pop culture oh my things God. and movies yeah. that they're just doing outright that, like... To child brain for most of my life i'm like oh yeah that's just a simpsons thing and then you actually watch movies and you're like oh yes I get it oh yeah, 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 yeah. like i i probably heard maurice maurice lamarche's uh uh wait <laughs> why can't i remember the director of orson wells god yes. I, I was gonna say hg wells <laughs> what a blunder uh, <laughs> uh yeah like I, I i hadn't actually seen that movie until i had seen one hundred thousand parodies of it yeah. Um, yeah, fucking Pinky in the Brain and Simpsons and Futurama and everything else. Well, the stuff mm -hmm. I love even more. So there's the stuff that like that that gets parodied into oblivion and then you only see the parody. And then there are the things that are like hyper specific references to moments 
that you wouldn't pick up unless you just saw the original and you were like, what? And I, I'm, I have a hard time thinking of an example right now, even though this literally just happened to me uh, a couple days ago. But uh, those are the ones that I love the most where you're watching some, you know, movie from the 40s or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, you know, the, the, in Animaniacs, they, 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 this is the thing they were referencing. Yeah, I, um, I haven't rewatched Sopranos in forever. But I was well, I've been watching well, over well well, well, well little well, teaser well. over the I, do I continue speaking I don't yeah, sorry, know. Yeah, sorry I'm sorry uh, no Brian don't be sorry um, over the last couple of years I've been watching like a million clips of it and also over the last uh, couple of years uh, being the period of time that COVID has taken place and now I'm uh, deep inside my own bones rattling with fear but uh, um. I rewatched uh, the Adult Swim Jason Walliner series Eagleheart, which I had uh, talked yes. to you about. Uh, yeah. And there's an absolutely absurd gag, and I can't talk about the moment because it's a big Soprano spoiler, but uh, there's a really ridiculous gag in an episode of Eagleheart where multiple times you see somebody die violently, and then <laughs> three three men are there, and they go like, what? Oh shit! And then the third guy throws up off, off like down off the bottom of the frame, and uh-huh. it's a it's a reference to a really specific Sopranos moment, uh, uh-huh. and I had never connected the dots, and that was like magic to me because yeah. they clearly, in a show that is generally very good, they saw this uncanny and stupid and unbelievable response from some uh, actors on the Sopranos that just is not good and does not feel right at all <laughs> and just thought it was funny so they just repeated it wholesale in their show yeah uh, I, I love that i think my biggest version of that was um you know i'm a zoomer toy story came out in a certain period of time in which mm-hmm. i really enjoyed toy story and toy story 2 etc right. um Imagine my surprise when I watch Todd Browning's Freaks for the first time and be like, oh, Toy Story is literally straight up explicitly doing Freaks. And I never see anybody talk about it because it is so hyper specific, like shot yes. for shot. That's so funny. I've never re- I, I'm familiar with both texts and never can. I, I assume this is well, with Sid's messed up toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That's great. Oh, I, one of us, the chant "one of us" is, I think, one that has gotten so oh, far yeah. that nobody knows it's yes. from freaks. Yeah, that, I that's, that. that's super memed. I feel like uh, also there are going to be twelve-year-olds who, in uh, I don't know, five or so years, will watch Taxi Driver for the first time and will be like, "That's what Joker was." <laughs> it's to joke a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I was going to mention Taxi Driver because. Um, one of the ones that I thought of is, uh, this is all really highfalutin references, but uh, there's a Built to Spill song called You Were Right that is mm-hmm. all uh, like 70s through 90s like rock and roll references, and it's just mm-hmm. like kind of a commentary on how he interprets all of his bad feelings through rock or something like that. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what he was going for, I don't know. But uh, in it he says, uh, he's saying like, you were right when you said it's just a brick in the wall. You were right when you said a hard rain's gonna fall, mm-hmm. and I always thought for the longest time that a hard rain's gonna fall was a taxi driver reference, uh, but it's not because there's there's the line that's like uh, one of these days a real rain's gonna fall and wash yes. away all the scum yeah, in the yeah, city yeah, or yeah. something like that. Uh, but it's a Bob Dylan song, and I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. My same thing with that song is there's the line um, when you said manic depression's a frustrating mess. 
I it took me a couple of listens to that song, which was under listened to in my built to spill repertoire, to realize the fucking bit of the song is referencing other songs. Like it took mm. me a while because I was like, oh, Doug March, are, are you also bipolar? What's up? <laughs> I realized that is also a song. But well, that song fucking rules, as we've discussed. Yes. There's a really clever Ockerville River song called The Plus Ones, which does something similar, mm-hmm. which is just Ockerville references. River. Yeah. Yeah. Just references to other things, but they add one to everything. Uh, you know, like a hundred luff balloons and, and stuff like that. That's a good uh, bit. I like that. Yeah. It's actually, I, I love Ockerville River. Are you the uh, Ockerville River? Well, I was going to. I was going to do a bit where yes, I was looking please. something up on my phone, and instead I'm just actually looking up who this is. I'm just committing to the bit. Um, Ockerville River, their, their album, The Stage Names, is maybe one of my favorite albums of all time. Damn, really? okay. Yes, I love this album. I think the it's the perfect blend of, like, it, it's smart, but not annoyingly smart. The songwriting rules... His delivery is very, uh, I, I think it's exactly the right blend of like melodic and plaintive. Uh, it's re- I, I think that album is great. It's just awesome songs start to finish and very well performed. Yeah, I think I, uh, Black Sheep Boy was an album that was rolling around in my high school car uh, that mm-hmm. got crushed. I've, a King and a Queen is one that featured prominently on um, Love six too strong a word. Hormone addled Layton's uh, <laughs> crushy playlists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, that was the Tim Burton Batman soundtrack. That rips. Nothing I, more erotic in this I world. I used to drive my '92 black black Honda Civic through <laughs> the you know the back roads of New Jersey, playing Danny Elfman's music from a darkened theater, and being like, "I'm fucking Batman." <laughs> I, oh man that's so yeah. great yeah uh i i i have a very um mm. when i got a car i also started talking to people and i started learning anything about cool music because before that mm. point all i knew was like steely dan and pink floyd uh which both rule but still um mm-hmm. and uh my ex i realized recently that like my experience of cool music at the time i was in college circa like 2006 was just the garden state soundtrack i never listened (laughs) to the garden state soundtrack Uh but Uh it was all just songs that were like adjacent to that fucking movie now i have never seen i'm from new jersey i've never seen garden state i have not either Neither have I. My mom had the soundtrack, and I think had not even seen it. And that soundtrack just featured so prominently in my mm-hmm. childhood. <laughs> I think that soundtrack went like multi-platinum or something. It like exploded. Yeah, what the hell's on it? There's um. I mean, the, the big the moment from the movie is uh, yeah, new slang by the Shins. Uh, have we shit on the Shins on this show before? I don't know. I don't know the shins very well. So. In the waiting shins. line, zero seven. That's what I was thinking of. Shins, shins don't need shitting on. He, he, he had his moment. That that moment has passed. But the vicissitudes yeah. of time are not uh, <laughs> James. What's his face's fault? That's completely fair. Um, I'm trying very hard. <laughs> Zach Braff won and got awarded a Grammy Award for best compilation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's on his way to an egot because of that soundtrack oh my god the the title of his speech should have been my acceptance speech (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank That's you. really good. Okay. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that. Get the that. Patreon. Get, get on Patreon and look at Brian's face when he said that. I'm very that. pleased with myself. <laughs> um, I, th- now, this is something that has not happened in approximately 10 or more years where a soundtrack was important and influential now. Right? Oh, totally. You ju- it just doesn't matter anymore. But mm. back back in the day, uh, you could have really important and interesting soundtracks, which were huge. And that was a big one. Yeah. Uh, another one that occurs to me is Judgment Night. You remember that? It was no, like I a, don't. It had a bunch of like rap and metal acts together. Whoa. It's very famous for this. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. like a big like rap rock origin story. Yeah, so read the pairings on this because they're kind of nuts. Is, is us looking off screen at devices that are telling us things through Wikipedia interesting? It's fine. It, recording it's material? modern podcasting. Uh, they're going to so. have to deal with it. Sorry, folks at home. We said that this show is for the Terminally Online, which we only commit to as an excuse when we're too busy looking at the track list for um, the movie starring Bruce Willis and Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Bandits. <laughs> oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah, Jory, do you want to read some of these tracks from the Judgment Night? Uh, it starts out with... Uh, just Another Victim by Helmet and House of Pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not familiar with Helmet. And then there's uh, Fallen by Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, which is really, really weird. Yeah, some of these get odd. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Like Living Color and Run DMC on track three is not that weird. Judgment not Night. That weird. Biohazard and Onyx also a little less weird. But then mm-hmm. Disorder by Slayer and Ice-T. That's mm-hmm. so inexplicable. I had no idea such a thing existed. Well, wait till uh, you get to track seven, which is my favorite pairing. <laughs> it rips. I want to hear that so bad. Uh, Did, track seven, please. I Love You, Mary Jane, by Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill. That is so <laughs> rad. And oh missing God. track nine, Missing Link, by Dinosaur Jr. and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Well, that, see, that, one makes, that makes sense because that's both, like, smart bands, right? Yeah, and, like, slinky, uh, down-key stuff. But eight is Mudhoney and Sir Mix-a-Lot with F- Freak Mama. And then, Jory, look at uh, track 11. <laughs> Real Thing by Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. Again, a double Cypress Hill. So that's so dope. Yeah. That sounds what? magical. Yeah, it's a big deal. This soundtrack. Um, cool. You know, what? I gotta say, for a movie that I have not seen and have no intentions to see, and whose director I don't particularly like, and that is pretty modern, and maybe it's just because I associate it with a certain period of time, but the Boz Lerman uh, Great Great Gatsby soundtrack. Fucking mm-hmm. slaps. Does really it? Hard. I don't know anything yeah. about it. It does. It's it's just like a bunch of like very famous uh, pop and everything else people do in like very 1920s style. And this bullshit. is from like oh interesting 20, it's like covers 2010 ish, right? Yeah, 2010 ish. Let me see. Let me look at this track list. It's Bosnian uh, soundtracks in general are pretty cool i i have to yeah. say i, I, like I really like romeo soundtrack. and juliet it's a good yeah. movie moulin rouge you know my opinions on musicals in general and also that's just all the things that i hate so but i, I brian, love moulin rouge. was i recently was i recently talking to you brian about harold perrineau's turn as mercutio in romeo plus juliet 
No, we were not talking about that. When was I talking about that? Who else would I have been talking about that to? Because I was just thinking about Harold Perrineau because, okay, I went went to Denver last weekend and I had some downtime, which I used to watch all three uh, Matrix movies. And, of course, Harold Perrineau shows up in the second and third. Yeah, in a totally thankless role. Yes, absolutely. Um, And I was just, I was like, oh, you know, I haven't seen him around uh, recently. I'm sure he's still active, but... Uh, yeah, a very. I always liked him in Lost, and uh, he was he was great, and also yeah. totally underserved by Lost, and then uh, oh, completely. No, no, yeah. his, his character in Lost became completely one note, and basically had nothing to do. Yeah, um, yeah. And then uh, the last thing I think I saw him in was Sons of Anarchy, a oh, great wow. show. Okay, I've never watched Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great show. Get on the Patreon. <laughs> Jory, you are doing so much <laughs> shilling for the Patreon, and I love it. <laughs> Thank you for being a good little late-night chill. Yeah, oh, of course. Um, is it is it actually bad, Sons of Anarchy? Or it's, did it, it's, it's absurd, yeah. Does it's, it start It seems okay like the most not-you thing. Well, which is precisely why I've never seen it, because I was like, name one thing. Well, Ron Perlman's in it, right? Yeah, Ron Perlman. Okay. There's one thing that is interesting to me about that show. Ron Perlman. Nothing else. Um, God damn it. Okay, Why am I Katie blanking Seagal on her name? It, right? Katie, Katie Seagal. Seagal. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. I love she's her great. also. Yeah, she's great. Uh, okay, so there's two things. But apart from the actors, uh, nothing. it's like motor, a motorcycle gang or something. Is that right? M- yeah, motorcycle gangs having race wars where the Irish protagonists always come out on top. And everything about it is so, like, loaded and weird and uncomfortable. I, I really mm-hmm. do not like it. <laughs> have you ever Did... watched this, Layton? No. I, have either of you ever seen uh, Boardwalk Empire? I, I watched, not. like, two episodes and couldn't bring myself to care about anything that was happening. I know, because I've repeatedly said in the past where I have a momentary lapse where I forget that that show exists, where I'm just like, God, I'd watch Steve Buscemi in anything. He should have his own show. And I'm like, oh, never mind. And didn't Scorsese direct the pilot? Yes, he did. did. Because he got that fat pilot money for the rest of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you just want to watch Steve Buscemi be in a great show for a while, Sopranos season five, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. Let and me tell you, that season is fucking pure suffering. Yeah. Sometimes Steve Buscemi's there, and it's like, okay, this is better. At least this oh, isn't some of the other face. plot lines that are fucking happening. Yeah, when they so when they start to let it all unravel near the end of that show, it's it's really heartbreaking. This is why I had to stop midway through season six and then recruit Vernon to watch the entire thing with me, so I would at least have another person around when I watched the last handful of episodes of season six because it's Mm -hmm. just it becomes like this is the greatest show ever (laughs) i need someone to put me out of my misery because i can't take this is that the final season six six yeah but things start getting every season it gets darker and darker and when you go back to season two where even that's stressful but it's like huh reggie april remember when the bad character every season was just like Reggie April, it's the jacket. Yeah. It's not that you. Not, it's not that uh, you want that status quo to stay the same. You don't. 
you don't want no, things to stay that's cushy. The, that's the point but, of the show. Yeah. It's the point. That's the whole like theme of the show. But God, it hurts, and that's how you know it's good TV. Now, is is Many Saints of Newark? Is that that title a reference to a known thing from the series, or is that just a different? Thing. I was wondering about that, and I don't think that it is. I am so because afraid let me to tell watch you, that movie. I grew up near Same. Newark, and there ain't that many saints. That was a. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I love it. I I am also afraid to watch that, I, and I don't have uh, scruples about it because I haven't finished the show. I just like. Did you say ever- scruples? Yeah, is it scruples? Are you going to fucking... I'm not... No, no, no. I, 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 you know, I do not uh, pronunciation shame. I've just never heard anyone say scruples. You just do it in the most passive-aggressive way. I'm <laughs> 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 no, you're, you're not wrong. Anyway, I'm not... What the fuck was I saying? I, everything I've heard about Many Saints just seems like oh, this was the worst possible version of a Sopranos movie. Mm-hmm. And all fears about it were seemingly confirmed by everyone else, and it just seems like this is going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't David Chase say in an interview that he didn't want to do it? HBO wanted to do it? <laughs> really? like, I, I, yeah, I think so. It's a well, bummer. I, li- I listened to his, his interview with Marin recently, where he's like, yeah, I just did some ketamine. Ooh. And <laughs> What a, uh, doesn't sound like the most upbeat guy. Let me yeah, you know, he doesn't have a lot of luck. <laughs> wow, Jory. A deep cut. Watching or listening to Talking Sopranos along with watching Sopranos, uh, they finally, it's like clear you can kind of feel the tension of them getting a bunch of like pretty ancillary people on the show. Mm-hmm. And then finally they get David Chase on and you can tell that like, they know that they that they're doing it and that that's the big money and yeah. david chase speaks so slowly yes and deliberately <laughs> and is seems very wise but it's 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 just funny he seems like a very interesting man i i love interview podcast guests now we don't do proper interviews here of course but there is something magical about an interview with someone on a podcast where they're just giving the interviewer nothing I mean, like, <laughs> nothing at all and sometimes it comes across as as a complete dick move and i point you towards a classic billy bob thornton interview that's the uh, first thing i think of when you start talking about this yes but sometimes you're like like with david chase it's like oh this is just this person's speed and that's what you're getting and i i i, I love it when that happens because it's just like oh I love watching press junket interviews where you can tell, like, it's maybe like a piddly little side project for somebody who's used to doing bigger stuff or like Mm -hmm. the kind of the Mm -hmm. ones that you find on YouTube where maybe there's like 200 views and it's the smallest thing possible. And nobody on that panel gives a fuck. And they're (laughs) just like just barely selling it and like talking out of their ass. Those are so incredibly entertaining to me. I love them. Or if you're like, are they drunk for this? They're definitely like, <laughs> like I would not wake up at 8 a.m. to go talk to somebody from like moviefuckcorner.com. Um, this is the episode where I tech corner onto everything. Yeah. Uh, 
works. But yeah, th those are those are super fun. I love dumpster I diving. She's so uncomfortable. I heard an incredible panel recently. So this is on the Good One podcast, which I like a lot. It's a Vulture podcast about comedy. And they, from Vulture Fest, they aired the Third Rock from the Sun panel, a show that I have never seen and legitimately couldn't care less about. But this panel was so fucking great because they were just so happy to see each other again. Oh. It was really, really sweet. Like, no, that. Uh, that yeah. show has some really, really hacky writing. It can be really tough to watch, but yeah. Jane Curtin is just so fucking great on it. She's and the best. She's amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. And I haven't, I haven't seen her just be allowed to be that funny in almost anything. Like she basically is just the mom in almost everything she gets cast in, and she doesn't yes. actually get any laugh lines. And she's right. so funny on the show. It's really well, if you great. Watch early SNL, like I mean, yeah. she's doing some really out there stuff. And then everything after that was like, oh, she's kind of the mom. Um, uh, and yeah, she is, she's just a comic genius. But yeah. all of them, listening them to repeated, repeatedly refer to Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Joey was really funny. And I, he, Was Joseph Gordon-Levitt there? At the panel, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, like, my brain did not even conceive of the possibility that he they, showed they up to this. They were all there except Jane Curtin, who called in. What the? All yeah. right, that's reasonable. And so it, it's really cute. And I look, I've been a big John Lithgow fan since I was little. Uh, I loved him in Buckaroo Banzai. Loved him. Have you guys ever seen Raising Cain by De Palma? Yeah, it's it's a I delightful, mean, deeply problematic movie, but he is so <laughs> great in it. I haven't seen it in, whatever, 30 years or something since I was a teenager. I couldn't tell you anything about it, uh, except I loved his performance in it. Uh but yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I, I I've think been meaning great. to watch for a long time that I know the name of just because it's repeatedly come up over the years of like, I would probably enjoy this. I, oh, what was it? Uh, I think that the tagline for that movie on the poster, if oh, I'm not mistaken, it? oh my it's God, something, it? it's yeah. something, I'm just going to make up the first two words. Okay, great. But it follows yes. this scheme. It's like dis disgusting, disturbing, De Palma. <laughs> You're so close. You're so close. <laughs> oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? It's demented, deranged, deceptive, depalmed. Deceptive. Wow. <laughs> but they are literally separated, so it's D-E and then capital M-E-N-T, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> okay, now, iconic, just... Hold on, I, I'll just have to send yes, you the please. picture of this, because it's funny. Are you texting it? Oh, I could do that, but I'm our fuck. I, why can't we put pictures in the Zencaster? Uh, yeah, that would be nice. Come on, Zencaster, um, get with the program. There you go. There's oh, from RogerEbert.com. <laughs> hey guys, did you know that YouTube has updated its terms of service? Oh, that sounds really interesting. You better oh, pay close attention to that. Yeah, I've only gotten seventy emails about it. <laughs> I uh, I was watching the thing that I'll recommend for what's poppin', um, cause I hadn't really given much thought to the like YouTube taking away the like visible, you're wearing your Americana shirt. Oh, I am, yeah. Cause it was weird to see you in a jacket for once. Is I that, was a little put off. I was a little cold. Yeah, is oh, that merch? Hat too. Is that merch for the Twitter account? It is. Wow, they've really yeah. made it. And then they got <laughs> a takedown notice from Metallica and had to pull it, but I got it under the wire. That's like the most Metallica shit. 
Oh, I hate yeah. that. It's like, come the fuck out of here. You go to the Americana brand and you just think Metallica. Yes. Um, what was I saying before you took off your jacket? Uh, I don't know. I have that effect oh, on oh, people. Oh, oh, with, the thing you were going to say for what's popping. I mean, the, the YouTuber that I'm recommending was making a point about how, like, taking away the visible dislike number makes mm-hmm. it a lot harder to, like, vet videos based on like oh something that has like 102 likes and yeah. two dislikes like okay this this is confirmation from other humans that this is probably good or not a scam or like is misleading or clickbait and then not having that anymore is like well how am i supposed to gauge i, I feel like they should have that's a really good point i feel like what they should have done is replace dislikes <clears throat> with total reactions and then you can fucking do the math yourself you know what i mean so oh, it's like replace it with likes plus dislikes and then only show you likes and then the total number of both and then if you want to subtract you can subtract but or or the percentage maybe percentage likes which you can yeah, see yeah but I, I feel like that itself that becomes like a letter grade in a person's brain like yeah i think i think yeah. there's no there, i don't know if there's an effective half measure version of it i think it's just probably something they just shouldn't have done that's such an interesting point. I hadn't thought about it at all. I hadn't thought yeah, about it that's either. That's a really good point. Because I didn't have a strong opinion. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's probably a good thing. Right. Um, but then you think about how often you do that when you're looking at stuff, as oh, much as like time. maybe you don't want to consciously admit that you do that, where it's like, okay, I'm for looking sure. for a short answer to something. And then if this has a bunch of dislikes and you go to the comments and they're like, you don't even talk about this until eight minutes in and there's a super loud noise in the background. So like, what the fuck? Well, is... and it makes it not not that this was a good proxy for uh, accuracy, but it makes it very hard to judge whether something is at all trustable, right? I mean, not again, not that it was easy before, right? Because there's all sorts of other reasons for people to like and dislike things, but having some kind of metric for who vetted this and what they thought of it is useful. And you need to see both sides of the fraction in right. order to, to do that. So yeah, I mean, wasn't those... the justification like, well, people troll with it? It's like, well, people troll in the YouTube comments. Are you going to get rid of those? They suck. They're terrible, but they do serve a necessary purpose. Yeah. Uh, that's so tough. Now we're just always living with seemingly innocuous UI changes, hastening our globe's slippery slope into extremism. <laughs> that's so depressing yeah Yeah, i can't believe i'm bemoaning the loss of like a stark binary when i'm constantly talking about how stark binaries are extremely (laughs) frustrating and one of the worst parts of the internet but you know Uh, i digress if i want to find out how to fix joy con drift or joy con blockage uh I need that dislike ratio, baby. The, the are, are you saying you got bad advice about how to fix Joy-Cons? <laughs> is that what this is all about? What? No. 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 Wait, is this a recent problem? This is something you've been actively dealing with? Get on the Patreon? Um, <laughs> wow, Jory. Uh, listen, I need to go pee. Does anyone else right. need a bathroom or otherwise break? I probably would do that. All right. I'm going to sit and stare at my computer. That sounds great. Say stuff. Uh, let's just keep this running. Don't turn it off. And uh, we'll come back in, in a couple minutes and then we'll move on to segments, which I'm very excited about. Wow. But I'm always excited about them. So wow. don't read anything. Wait, 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 wait. Jory, stay on. You stay on. Brian, leave. I no, can't hear Jory, me. come back. I took, I took off the headphones. I can't. 
<laughs> no, Jory, come back. What? Jory, come back. Brian's gonna try to do his fucking what's poppin' bit on you, and I need you to fucking be on my side for this. Do I, I just like... To... Do I just like stone face it, or...? I say that his bit makes you uncomfortable, like viscerally, that like you're really okay. uncomfortable with the position that he puts, or any sort of thing, because if you say either the song was horrible or it was really great and he doesn't play it, you've, you're, you've played into his game, you know? Yeah, I think last time I said it was great. Uh, yeah, just whatever you do, don't do that. Just don't humor it. Just shut it down. Okay, great. And then this can, this will play at the end of this podcast episode, like the phone call from the end of a Metal Gear game or like a post credits MCU <laughs> thing or something. <laughs> go, go use the restroom. <laughs> hey, late night listeners. So hope you enjoyed that. Hey, Brian, editing this episode. You didn't hear that. Uh, all right. Well, it's time for segments. Which is very exciting. Now, actually, it's time to introduce the show. So everybody... Right. This is Late Night with Brian Wacht. Over here we have Layton Gray. Hi, that was me. Um, that one was Brian Wacht. Hi. Mystery guest, who the hell are you and what are you doing here? I don't get it. What are we... Hi. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm Jory. <laughs> all right, great. That's all we needed. <laughs> the, the only person uh, other than Jarek who's been on the show three times... Yay! Uh, and it's because we love you and we think you're amazing. And you are... And not because based on numerical metrics, you're potentially our most popular guest. But you know, it's... Is that true? Yeah, generally, yes. Wow. There's That's a, there's a big tracks. spike for Jory episodes. These are episodes. always fun episodes. Yes. This is, we've just been hanging out to the point that I forgot that we were doing podcast. Now... Um, okay, so that's the show introduction. Box checked. Boom. Sorry for our uh, UK listeners. Box ticked. Boom. My uh, boom had an E on the end of it for our UK listeners. And uh, this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something new this week, which is, since Jory, this is, you are the first non-production team member of the show to be on three times or more. Um, I think we should always make sure that no matter who we have on the show, Jory has always been on the most. What do you think about that? Can we commit to this? This is not what I was about to say, but I think we should commit to, to this. Are you? I need a verbal yes from both of you. Obviously, wholehearted yes, but we require Jory's consent for this. My ego, which is dark and withered, like a a, a worm tempted onto a sidewalk during a <laughs> rainstorm with no way back beneath the ground, uh, is not comfortable <laughs> with that plan. But if it stays that way, that's fine. That's a yeah. I'm going to call that a yes. Anyway. Okay. okay. So I'm going to, I want to do something new uh, with the segments this week, which is, so Jory, as you're aware, we have uh, two segments on the show. The first is uh -huh. called What's Poppin'. Now, yes. here's something I've never asked a guest before. Do you want to hear me introduce the What's Poppin' segment? You can say yes or no. There are no correct answers. You, if you want to hear me introduce it, that's great. If you don't want to don't want to hear me introduce it, that's fine too. I leave it. The ball is in your court. As our first third time guest, what would you like, Jory? I want to make this about your needs. And I it, listen. Don't rush to an answer. You can take some time to think about it. But what I want to do here is make sure that this segment is not about me. It is about you, and it is about what what you want. So take some time. 
gather your thoughts, see where you are emotionally right now in terms of wanting to listen to a segment introduction or not wanting to listen to a segment introduction. Now, I will tell you that if you hear the segment introduction, you will not be disappointed. I do want to just put that front and center. But I also won't be upset if you decide that you don't want to hear the segment. Okay, so rather than make, you know, I feel like sometimes and especially in the last episode, sometimes I can go a little long uh, with the segment introduction uh, because I get so excited about all the new music I write for it uh, every week. But this is about you. So I'm going to ask you the question. I think you've had a little time to ponder it. Do you want to hear the What's Poppin' intro? And again, you can say yes, you can say no, you can say you need more time. Actually, I should have said that too. If you need some more time to, uh, to think about it, to reflect, you can talk to Layton about it if you want. Actually, that's fine too. You can have a conversation. This show is if, uh, if it, what was, what should I say? If we are nothing else, we are a conversation. Please, I'm trying to talk to Jory. So just give me, give me a fucking second, please. We are a conversation. So if you need to have a conversation about it, uh, we can have a conversation. So Jory, would you like to hear the What's Poppin' set, uh, introduction? I would be remiss to decline the What's Poppin' introduction. I need a yes or a, dude, I set this whole fucking thing up. I need a yes or a no from you. Brian, this is seeming diminishingly like it is like <laughs> with regards to my comfort. Mm -hmm. Seems a little like this might be mm -hmm. a lot of ginning up for a bit. I don't do bits. I've never done a bit. Mm -hmm. I do introductions. I host the show as we, we have established here. I, I have I come here to do two things, which is hang out and have fun. I just want right. to do cool things and have a good time. So, do you want now, to hear the What's Poppin' introduction? Yes. I, you yes, you said you come here to do two things. Hang That's out, right. which is inclusive, and have fun. Uh-huh. Is the fun for you, Brian, or is it for everyone? Uh, if everyone's having fun... What am I trying this to say? This is so if, transparently if one, not an answer to my question. This is so transparently <laughs> not an answer to my you're question. Wrong, you're wrong. You're wrong. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> if someone's not having fun, we're not having fun. So if even one person in the group isn't having fun, I don't call that having fun. Having fun is an inclusive experience. If one person feels left out or less than, that's not fun for me. I would never want that, ever. It's a pretty satisfying answer to my question. Isn't it? Yeah, you're doing pretty well. I think I'm getting on your side here. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you be? Now, I've been on the show. I was on the show early enough that there weren't segments yet. Mm -hmm, but I was on the right. show once before on, I wish I knew the exact date. If I could name the exact date oh, that, that I was on, it would be really funny. Time. <laughs> just pull That's the like episode. the wackest thing I can imagine. Uh, I'm aware that the introduction for the What's Popping segment is in many ways, in and of itself, the bit, and the segment itself does not matter. I... I know oh, what you're I, trying I would, to do. I would quite disagree with that, but you're entitled to your opinion. So do you want to hear? I still, I, I still feel like I don't understand your answer. I'm staring right at you. Oh, where? Get on the Patreon. Yes, <laughs> Brian, I want you to play the intro to the What's Popping segment. All right, everybody. Our first segment is What's Popping, and the theme song goes here. 
What's poppin'? What's poppin'? Layton, what's poppin'? <laughs> the fucking blood vessels in my forehead. <laughs> Jory, the comedy burden that has been placed upon you in this episode is so great. And I'm so... terrible. I don't, I don't even know where. I don't know where the boundaries of the bit are. There's no bit. Why, do, why does everyone say bit? I've been sitting for the past like five minutes with tears <laughs> in my eyes. It was very hard to keep a straight face during. I, I almost, I almost lost it a few times. Uh, that was not planned. It just kind of happened, and I'm pleased with how it came out. Jory, you're a good sport. Thank you for being wow. here. Wow. No, I'm so happy. Brian, I hope you have fun listening to what transpired while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll cr create a, a really fun tension for listeners. Great. Okay. Anyway, what's <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good. I'm I'm vibing. It's the kind of thing where you're like, okay, I gotta keep a straight face for this, and then the more that you can't do it, the more painful it becomes. Well, of course, once you started to laugh, then I was like, oh god, don't look at that. <laughs> so my my strategy was is what uh, is what I think uh, Matt Besser used to call. Uh, it wasn't actually a UCB, thing, but uh, the, uh, as as halperding, I was just doing this the whole time. And that, that, that halfway works to stop them from, uh -huh. from, from yucking up, That's from getting a little, a little chuckle fest going. Uh, I would call Halperding being the worst character on the show. Oh. Boom. Bam. Anyway. But you're not doing that. You're the best. Anyway, Layton, please continue. I can't, like, Jory's been shilling for it, but if there is an episode that you choose to subscribe to the Patreon to see the video version of, this is the one. This is a good one, yes. Okay, anyway, what's popping for me is two different YouTube channels because, and I love that my dog's barking, and I love that for this particular episode, my what's popping is something that neither of you would have any interest in, so I, now I get to monologue on challenge. Great, do it. Okay. Um, folks at home who are into true crime, uh, we have all watched the JCS psychology videos many times. Quality content, incredible YouTube content, blessed by the algorithm content. And then there's a void in your life after you've rewatched the Casey Anthony and Jody Arias and Chris Watts videos over and over and over and over. Um, and you're like, where do I go from here? What's what? What is this genre that has emerged on YouTube? Um, and I'm here to fill that void for you with two different channels. One. Matt Orchard, Crime and Society, fucking top tier professional quality documentaries, not only about crime scene and interrogation analysis, but also fun stuff. Like, here's everything that happened with Anthony Weiner. Like, just let's lay it out over an hour. Sorry, sorry, do you mean Carlos Danger? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that a pseudonym he used? Oh, yes, it was. It was his, his sexting That's pseudonym. so humiliating. I love it. Basically, the coda on that video is like, Anthony Weider has a humiliation fetish. There's no other logical <laughs> explanation for this. That's great. <laughs> but like, the guy has a great like New Zealand accent and is very dry. And like, the it, it is fascinating that he goes into um, stuff the, the same level of like cultural analysis that he applies to like the crime interrogation ones to just like random 
uh, scandals. It's it's so so much quality content. And then the other one is True Crime Loser, who I found. I think I can't tell if he's a researcher or a writer for JCS Psychology because he's always linked, but it's unclear what his role is. But uh, he also does interrogation analysis, but it's more of like a face-to-face. It feels like having coffee with a friend. If you like Last Podcast or uh, My Favorite Murder, uh, it's very much in that vein of like, he's a really great storyteller. I really, really want to get him on the show. Um, And just like super funny. I've been like eating up videos constantly. So anyway, those are my two, if you're interested in true crime, Matt Orchard and True Crime Loser. I love it. That's the stuff. Okay, somebody else. I I am still recovering from like. Jory, <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like to go? Uh, no, um, not okay. really, because oh, I. Right. What's popping is hard for me because I, so barely participate in culture these days. Okay, well that's fine. I, I'll I'll talk. You can opt out. By the way. No, uh, it's not about that. Uh, what's popping for me is I I am shockingly watching a current television series and it is a marvel series based on a book i've never read it's the hit monkey series on hulu which is about a monkey in tokyo a japanese macaque that goes uh basically turns into a little hitman and he is followed around by the ghost of jason sudeikis and it's pretty fucking great uh i've heard good things i was it's like yeah. the type of thing where it didn't inspire me to watch it, but when I read good things about the show, it is the sort of thing where it's like, I want nothing, I want everything to succeed. I want everything to be great and to get great reviews. And right. when I read great reviews for it, it was like, that rules. Uh, I knew nothing about it going in. I didn't even know this was a book from whatever, 10 ish years ago or something. Uh, maybe it's still going. I really don't know anything about it. Uh, it's, I, I have two episodes left. I think it's awesome. Uh, the only criticism I have is that the Jason Sudeikis character is basically Archer, uh, and he's kind of doing an art, like an H. John Benjamin sort of thing. He, he's basically the anti-Ted Lasso, which is pretty great that you have those two antipodes uh, on the spectrum of Sudeikis. That's but, cute, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it, it's a really, f- it's, a, it's a well-animated show, at least as far as I can tell, and I'm far from an expert in it. It looks cool, it's funny, it's interesting. Uh, I think it's great. And it's got, let's see, who's in it? Uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, George Takei, uh, Olivia Munn, who I don't really know anything about, uh, and probably a bunch of other people that show up here and there, too. So... I like it. I recommend it. I, when you first said the name, I thought you were fucking with us. So it's nice to see it. And look, look at this. It's an animated show that has an art style that isn't hideously ass ugly. That's so unfair to most well, animated shows. No, no. But, but, that, but that is true, is it looks good. Like, it, it is a cool-looking show. They're doing interesting things with the animation. I mean, they're not like, you know, it, it, it's not like the, the wildest thing you've ever seen. But it is a fun and it's an interesting show to watch. Like, they're making good choices. And they're making choices. They're not just, like, doing, you know, just showing a bunch of people talking. So I think the animation is, is, is interesting and compelling. I haven't seen it in motion. Is it, like, archery? It, it does. No, no. It, the animation, well, I don't know enough about animation to say, but it does not look like Archer at, at all. It's much more I mean, more it doesn't, but the character design for Sudeikis Man. It's very Archer, and he does that, like pop culture reference i mean it's very close to archer 
It's like basically Archer, you know, if Archer was a hitman rather than a spy. Uh, I have been thinking all afternoon, trying to think of a cool, interesting uh, video game or movie or TV show or something. I think that even though I play tons of video games, no specifics have come to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I uh, I think that, and I was thinking about using this as a peach, but uh, is it whack just to say, like, I think that the main thing I would think to say is like over the last couple of days, and this is why I specifically wanted to think of this as a peach, is that uh, my subscription to CBBWorld.com, a competing podcast, has brought me a lot of joy. I think and that's so, great. Uh, I yeah, would recommend that then for what's popping. Well, uh, I think I think you you're overthinking the concept and need for popularity for what's popping because despite the name, which was off the cuff by our friend Ethan Nestor. Uh, it is almost never anything uh, popular mm-hmm. and is oftentimes quite, uh, you know, yacht rock. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I want to hear. So actually, it's interesting you mentioned this, Jory. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what CBB World is, because I suspect a lot of people have no idea. Wait, how much are we showing for a podcast network that has no affiliation with the show the names of other popular podcasts (laughs) on this smaller podcast despite all of us listening into and enjoying many other podcasts and discussing them yeah in 2018 the earwolf podcast network founded sometime in i think 2010 by scott ackerman and jeff ulrich Mm -hmm. uh about that was bought by sirius xm and scripts media and since then, the company's culture has changed in a way that has uh, driven them further towards, albeit entertaining, podcasts driven entirely by celebrity, like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend and Office Ladies, where the yeah. main draw is a big name. Uh, and the complaint from a lot of creators in the L.A. comedy community is that this change at the culture of Earwolf has meant less of a space for creators who just want to do funny and interesting things. Are you and, reading uh, this off something? Because this is stunning. What off the dome, right my now? friend. Okay, wow. Uh, uh, but uh, now I'm just going to stammer through the rest of it, Brian. You've thrown me off my axis. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was just so... I mean, are, yeah. do, do you agree with me, Layton? I was like, is this like an article about this transaction? It was like... I, I knew that was pure jewelry, but he's really like... I would listen to a serial-style... Uh, long form off the dome jewelry pod. Yeah, hell yeah. Keep going, please. Uh, over over like 2020, like it was clear that the tides were changing as like numerous, especially Earwolf shows were kind of uh, finding themselves rudderless and going independent. A uh, couple of them complained in various forums that they just straight up were not being paid. Uh, oh really? I think, yeah, yeah. I think oh, Dan wow. Lippert from Big Grande said that at some point. Hmm. Uh, but um. They, uh, Scott Ackerman, uh, founded, uh, his own sort of Patreon-powered comedy podcast network, uh, where, uh, I think the premise is more or less they're creating, uh, those halcyon days of Earwolf circa 2016. We're back, baby. And it has been super nostalgic just listening to just, like, a crap load of these people doing good bits and, uh... I, I stand no one, but uh, I do think Scott Ackerman seems like he has a pretty good knack for finding comedy talent and kind of giving a voice to people who might not have otherwise had it. And 
The network yeah. has already, over just like three weeks or something, it's already been a very fun version of that. Uh, That's great. great to, I love to just crack up. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since I've really cracked up, and it's, yeah. it's really nice to just sort of crack up. I love. I agree. Totally agree with you. Uh, Ackerman does seem to make make it a point of putting new voices uh, on the air. At the same time, it's a total cool kids club. Uh, but, Desperately. Uh, but he, at least it's not the same cool kids as it. You know, ex the exact same cool kids as it was five years ago or whatever. Uh, it's you know I, I, that is. One of the very few podcasts, Comedy Bang Bang specifically, I have heard every episode of. I listened to it from the start, whenever it started, you know, 2009, 2010, whatever that was. Uh, back when they were doing their radio thing. And it has brought me many, many hours of joy uh, over the years. As I've heard, you know, I have like friends that have been on it now and stuff. It's like, and I think it's consistently funny. And despite the fact that they're like, 12 or something years in it's still good like it, it does not suck in any uh in any way you know it's improv so it goes up and down but yeah it's consistently it like, good i definitely don't want to make it sound like it's a totally virtuous thing that scott ackerman has a knack for bringing in new voices i think it's cool yeah. that he does it for the people but also it is i think just like it helps the show to bring in new voices and to freshen it up and stuff it's also a shrewd 100%. decision is what i'm saying yeah yeah uh, no, but, it, it could be both I mean, you know, it, it can be a good thing and a self-serving thing. Yeah. Necessarily distinct. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I think I, over the last couple of years, I've just like, I've had a really hard time watching comedy TV and I've had a really hard time watching comedy films. And it turns mm -hmm. out that I just need to hear people meandering off the dome in order to yeah. get my, my yucks out. So yeah, I I've been totally compulsively listening to podcasts for a very long time. I can't watch stand-up specials. I, I just don't have any interest in them, and I love stand-up. Like, I, w I watched a ton growing up. Every time I'm about to click go on a stand-up special, part of my brain is like, ugh, no. And I don't know what it is. I'll listen to comedy podcasts all fucking day, but watching an hour of stand-up comedy, despite that being something I deeply love, I just never want to do it now. Uh, I, I had that shift too where in high school I was so big into watching it and now it just feels unfathomable. Yeah, I, I can't stand it except I guess the only one I've watched in recent memory was the Tim Heidecker special which I feel like uh, transcends uh, yeah. <laughs> just because it is so daring you to turn it off. I do it a lot, yeah. The, the, the yeah. one that I watched recently, not to make this, uh, again, not about your thing, Jory, was uh, Natalie Palamides Nate. Did either of you see this? I did no, not. No, but I've seen her in person. Oh, really? Uh, at the Lyric on Hyperion. She had a really oh, nice. wonderful one-night show that was very, um, <laughs> just solely focused on making everyone in the very small audience at the Lyric deeply uncomfortable. Oh, well, that's yeah. exactly what this thing is. Uh, like it, it is designed to make you uncomfortable and ask difficult questions about consent and Ooh. things like that. It is a it's. I thought it was amazing. Like I thought she just crushed it, and it was actually funny and interesting and kind of troubling and like all the things you want something to be. That said, like I could see people being very upset about it. Uh, um, because there's it, truly it, it, I think it, at this point in my life there is no better pitch if someone tacks on like eh, it's problematic or it's yeah, a little yeah. it's a little it's like well, okay cool so it's interesting 
personally, and this this does this does date uh, the last time I watched stand up, but the last two stand up specials I have serious memory. I think I watched Maria Bamford's special that she does in front of her parent, just her parents. Oh, the special, in their special, home. special. That special. One yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. one. I th- I think that one was more recent than what I'm about to say, so that one contradicts. Uh, but um, the previous two that I strongly like remember, I'm certain were like the end point of me listening to stand up were uh, Aziz Ansari's most recent special, which I turned mm-hmm. off partway through, and Louis C.K.'s most recent special. I don't think it is his most recent special anymore because he's back, but which no. I definitely yeah. turned off partway through. Yeah, that was just like the moment where I was like, oh boy, stand-up ain't giving me what, what I want. Yeah, it's. I don't know what it is. I love comedy. Why is stand-up so hard to watch? I don't get it. It just feels like work. It, is it like the inherent narcissism of the format? I feel like that's part of what puts it and almost how much of a bit it is in itself to be like i'm a stand-up comedian i i think that like this isn't necessarily what i meant when i said that like off the cuff podcasty shit is what really makes me laugh but i think that there is something that really frustrates me about stand-up all of the all of the shit where like between jokes you go (laughs) oh boy like mugging like you just thought of the thing you're about to say and it's like no you wrote this months ago like that, been, that's why been, the Tim Heidecker special is so good because it's exclusively mocking that. Yeah, and I—that's the thing—is like I don't blame people for doing that, but something about that artifice of it, I think, just frustrates well, me and makes it hard to watch. I completely agree, although that is just built into the form, of course. Mm-hmm. But the thing that also really bothers me is the the audience reactions, where everything is so dialed up to eleven because they're being recorded that it just feels like people are having a reaction to be shown having a reaction, which is innately everything I hate about social media. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just annoying uh, to me. And I like, if you're at it, and of course that's part of, of being in an audience at a live event anyway, is there's a group dynamic that you just have. And part of it is reacting to be part of the group that's reacting, right? Um, so just being part of it naturally amplifies that reaction anyway, but, uh, which is why it's so hard to watch comedy movies alone at home, uh, mm-hmm. a, a thing I also do do. But uh, when you add the la- layer of also now you're being filmed, and probably if you have like the biggest laugh in the room, you might make it on camera, just adds that, that level of people reacting just to react, which really deeply bothers me. Yeah. No, and I... Uh... I, I think that I am very often frustrated that, like, that's the whole crowd that's like, comedy is sacred, yeah, yeah, oh. you know, free speech. Uh, I, um, yeah, I hate that. that. That thing about, like, being provocative actually did remind me that one of the, um, one of the other things that I've seen recently is, like, I think as a, as a format, I tend to prefer stand-up in the, like, premium blend format where you're, like, cutting from like 10 minute chunk to chunk to chunk of different people doing yeah, bits. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, every episode of both seasons of uh, Baron Vaughn and Open Mike Eagles Comedy Central show New oh, Negroes, yeah. which is named which is named so that white people feel uncomfortable when they say right. it. Uh, it was it was great. I thought it was awesome. I love both a, those guys. They're both Yeah, they're fantastic. so great. Yeah. And the 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 stand-ups were all awesome and then every episode has uh, a new open mic eagle song and video oh, with so a super great, yeah. cool guest it ripped it was such that a great rolled. show yeah uh, but yeah it's like there's 
there's ways to do it in a way where it doesn't irk me, but just something about yeah. it. It's not even that it's bad. It's just I don't enjoy, no. I don't enjoy it as well. Well, and also there are going to be people who are extremely funny and their stand-up fucking sucks. Like, totally. it, it is a completely different muscle that is also catered to, like, okay, I need to get a laugh out of this, which is, like, most comedy that I like is not necessarily geared towards, like, I'm going to get the biggest reaction out of saying an outrageous thing. I say, yeah. talking about come on this podcast every week, but... It's a podcast. Uh, but I have to say, the, the, the I listen to the, the good one, speaking of podcasts, <clears throat> the good one podcast every week now. It is the best comedy, like, podcast about comedy out there. And they reference constantly stand-ups. In fact, they have a Patreon-only thing where they just do stand-up specials. And wow. it is much more interesting to me to have the comedian on, play a joke, and sometimes that joke is 20 minutes, but whatever, play a thing, and then they just talk about it and whatever that spurs for, you know, an hour or something. That is a much more interesting way for me to hear about comedy than to go watch the whole fucking stand-up special. And I have, occasionally, heard something on that show that then I'll go watch. Hmm. Uh, we should probably move on to our next segment, yeah. but I also just, I think we, uh, one thing you were saying before, Jory, uh, reminded me of this. I will now almost always rather watch sketch than stand-up. Uh, sketch just feels, I don't know, I, it just feels easier to watch for me, which is yeah. why I, I think you should leave, which is designed to be hard to watch in some sense. <laughs> Ironically, feels easier to watch than whatever, you know, fucking stand-up thing. Well, yeah. like creative, creative collaboration, like engaging in it personally, that's like one of the most ultimately fulfilling things in this generally um, my brain per world good brain perceives as bad. One of the only things that feels thoroughly good is creative co collaboration and yep. get, knowing that energy and seeing other people having like the sum more, more than the sum of their parts, like working together to make something that they all think is funny is like so gratifying to watch. Yeah. And it's, it lacks that, like, look at me nature of stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I think that, like, so, something I, I'm trying to hit is that, like, I don't know, when you name the biggest names in stand-up, people still name people who haven't actually done stand-up in 20 years, but mm -hmm. there aren't ways for stand-up to get to people. So I bet that there's a lot of fucking great stand-up that there is just literally no way to see. <laughs> Uh, yeah. people people who would not usually have a platform just do not have that platform yet. And I hope they do. And then maybe I'll like stand up more. Yeah. All right. Peaches and lemons time. Let's go. Uh, 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 the, uh, introducing uh, this is Peaches and Lemons. We each say three good things and one thing that's annoying. Great. Theme song. Boom. Peaches and lemons. All right, we're back, and we're starting with Lemons, who has Lemon. I loved that theme song. God damn it. Thank you, Jory. That was really sweet of you. I, I, I wrote them both, so. Go fuck yourself. My <laughs> Lemon is that the other night I woke, or, well, I, I've been pretty good about, I still have terrible insomnia, but thankfully my medication knocks me out regularly, and I don't wake up during the night, except... One thing happened that has thrown that off. The other uh -oh. night, I wake up at 5 a.m. For dinner, I had made hash browns in the oven. And so <gasps> the rest of the night, I, uh, they're, they're like the little tater tot style mm -hmm. ones. Mm -hmm. uh, I drowned them in oil on accident, and they were completely disgusting. And did I eat them? Reader, of course, yes, I did. 
but I spent the rest of the evening repeatedly going to my kitchen to make sure that my oven was not still on because I kept hearing noises from my kitchen and thought, oh, that's the oven ticking because my apartment's about to burn down because either I left the gas on or the, the shit's still running. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I wake up to that clicking at 5 a.m. and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Check kitchen. No, that's not it. Still going. What the fuck is that? I go out onto my balcony. There is a man playing the drums at 5 a.m. like bongos. <laughs> Uh, and he did not stop. Not on your balcony, just outside. <laughs> okay. If there was a man on my balcony playing the bongos, I would well, have changed my name and moved out okay. of the country already. That's what I thought, but like... The, no, the way but I mean, I could yeah. hear it when oh I could not locate him visually, but I could hear it. Mm -hmm. um, unmistakably, someone playing the bongos badly at 5 a.m. And wow. so now I've been waking up in the middle of the night slash morning since that happened. You know, there's a Zappa album about this called Bongo Fury. Yeah. Is there actually? Well, it's not about that, but there is a Zappa album called Bongo Fury, yes. I, I don't know enough about Zappa, so I thought you were going to tie it into Shut Up and Play Your Guitar somehow. No. You know what, Jory? Preserve your innocence. Don't learn any more about Frank Zappa. You're, you're better off not knowing. And I, I right. love... We, we, we talked about Zappa recently on the show. Uh... I, I, I'm happy to talk about Zappa offline, but you're probably better off not knowing. This, feels this is good a to fascinating me. turn. One week mm. you're recommending Hot Rats to the point that we put it in an episode title, and now? Well, let me just say, if, if I can be your guide through Zappa, I would be happy to. But I think you can go dangerously off the rails into some real bullshit. <laughs> if you oh, this is true. The stuff the that you're talking Zappa. about is bullshit that Jory especially would not abide. Oh, no. no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Am I that notorious for hot takes? I just have that much more work You're to do. You're that notorious for having, like, moral character. <laughs> if, I, if I played the worst Zappa stuff, it is, it's not only musically uninteresting, at least to me, although it is complicated, uh, morally it's, I don't want to say it's abhorrent, but it's, it, it, there's some iffy uh, things in it. I can't even say that in jest. You, you, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You, you have upstanding moral character and also a good taste in media. And uh, I admire well, this about you. I don't necessarily I don't know how... <laughs> I, I know you as a person of great scruples, Leighton. Now stop. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I'm hanging All up right. the fucking call. Jory, yeah, we should just stop the episode there. Uh, what's your lemon? You got a lemon? Uh, um, no, I had a really hard time thinking of a lemon. Not that I didn't come up with a list. My list was Windows 10. Not that Windows 11 seems better, and I think that's what's making me especially unhappy about Windows 10. Uh, I wrote Marvel movies and cultural hegemony, question uh, mark. And I also wrote down OCD and dissociation. Disassociation. Those are my three. Those are the three lemons in this segment where you're supposed to have one lemon. But wow. I couldn't God. commit to one. So completely great. true on every front and if i didn't do this every week where i have to completely ignore the james and the giant lemon style lemons in my life and have to pick something extremely piddly uh i greatly respect your choices and also whenever i think about the word dissociation i think about the neil cicerega song word disassociation um and i don't goes, know if i know that specific song i definitely a, do not it's a good song you guys never got into neil cicerega uh, lemon demon etc uh, uh, we've I, talked about him. You've, you introduced him to me, actually. Or at really? least you reminded me that I was aware of him. Uh, 
I don't mean but, to go too far no. off the sidebar, but great no. song. But it sucks was, when a thing that affects your daily life and is deeply frustrating and disconnecting from the world and other humans has like a fun little jingle in your head. Like I know. Did I, did I, I hear you say the series of words, it goes earlier as if it was going to be followed by a colon and then you singing the song? <laughs> no. Okay. I just imagined that then. Carry on. <laughs> There are so many things that get attached, like like bad thoughts that get attached to songs. Or not even bad thoughts, but like, uh, now I can't think of any of them and I don't want to sing, so I'll I, shut up. I mean, it's a little pat to talk about, but like, I feel like using a song, especially a song you like as your wake-up alarm, is just the death knell. It's the worst. Oh, yeah, I, I, I totally oh, that's, agree. That's not even what I mean, um, oh. but I agree with you. I just mean in terms of like... Um, uh, 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 fuck. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Two, two, two James and the Giant Lemon? <laughs> All right. No, it's not even that. I just can't. I, like, I have like 20 of these that will go through my head every day, and I'm blanking out of terror Fair of being enough. put on the spot. So, anyway, somebody else, please <laughs> say something so All I right. can stop I'll, talking. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> say my, my lemon. My lemon. I look, I love recording at night, is my favorite time to record. I love it. Vibe wise, it is perfect. However, it means I have to drink water for two hours right before I go to bed. And that means that I'm going to be peeing probably three times, getting up to pee. I should, I should specify getting up to pee, uh, like probably three times tonight. And I'm a bad sleeper as it is. And I just hate knowing, like living with the fear that using this as mouth lubricant, as I frequently do, uh, is going to affect my bladder in about three or four hours so that's my life yeah, it, it's that's but, a bummer but jory it's worth it i felt completely invalidated until you said that brian Thank that's you. the way i work take it to the <laughs> break and then pull them back <laughs> all right peach time peach time i'll go first again because i never know how to do peaches every week because uh, i'm an ungrateful fuck uh first peach i've decided that any peach that i uh, that we've already talked about or that i imagine some of us might share pitch canned peach, uh, peach i can't preserve. handle it it's too much for me okay tinned peach for our uk listeners brian uh yes okay, now you're fair just enough. up fair enough fair <laughs> enough uh yeah I, I i when i think of a canned peach i think of summer camp and them opening them up and forcing some poor uh, camper to drink the peach juice inside while everyone else enjoyed their tasty little canned peach halves. <laughs> Wait, the fuck? So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. What episode number is this? Uh, this is 93. This is episode 93. Do you have some unknown peach trauma that we've never talked about? Uh, not... Sp I mean... It's summer camp. <laughs> well, you, you know, of course, the thing about summer camp is is there's a lot of traumas associated with summer camp. But let's just say, in, in the grand tradition of an all boys uh, summer camp, which mine was, they make the uh, shall we say weakest member of the pack do all manner of unsavory things. And I'm not talking about anything actually awful. I'm just talking about like stuff you don't want to do, like the peach syrup drinking. is like pr pretty good. To drink an entire can of it is not pretty good, especially when forced to by a bunch of uh, jeering older boys. That that's not. Pretty what are they good, doing? Layton. Go go, peach boy, go. My first peach, 
I wrote it in my notes as Thanksgiving, uh, but I really enjoyed having Thanksgiving at your home, Brian. It was greatly soul affirming and a really wonderful mm. day. It was the mm. best to have both of you there. Thank you for for being a part of it. Uh, it was it was just lovely to see you, and we had a, it was a wonderful day. I mean, exactly the day I wanted to have. Yeah. Wow, um, that's lovely. My second peach is that my, as we've discussed, my old coffee maker started doing what is referred to on Google as the five beeps of death, um, which is great when your really expensive coffee maker starts doing that. And I've been without a working coffee maker for several weeks now, and it has really fed my um, Starbucks addiction. And I really wanted to say it's denial, beep, anger, beep, (laughs) beep. Uh, depression, beep. Depression, yeah. Acceptance, uh, beep. Acceptance, beep. Yeah, sorry. Love it. Continue. Uh, anyway, so I ordered like a $20 coffee maker that is super tiny, and it's been great so far. It's a beautiful little object, and it's just wonderful to have a working coffee because I have a problem. Um, then my third peach is I got like 90% of my Christmas shopping out of the way, so Hell yeah. I'm better than you. Cool. Wow. Great, Jory, peaches. Uh, peaches. Uh, Thanksgiving and being on this podcast was one of mine as well. I went Aww. for a two for there, which was just based on having Great. a lovely relationship with the both of you. Uh, one of my other ones was comedy podcasts. So whoopsie doodle. Oh, no, that's great. Um, that's great. Solid. I, I think. I think instead of that, I'm going to say that I was at the zoo the other day. And I saw a gazelle get up on its hind legs to try to eat something off of a tree. And it truly, I felt invigorated by it. I am a year younger having seen this happen. Uh, The other one was open source software. And I may have written that in the throes of the frustrations that made Windows one of my potential lemons. Yeah. Uh, There we go. Fabulous. Brian? Hold on. I thought my cup was open, but it's closed. No, Why are you okay. drinking? Get on, on the Patreon. Do you, on. Do you have what? a lid on that real good touring mug? Yes, I do. What, are you drinking water? I'm drinking water, yeah. Why the fuck would you put a lid on it? In case I tip it over, which I do all the time, and it then spills less on an entire desk full of electronic equipment. Are you a present day spiller or are you like a PTSD for No, I travel spiller? back in time. Would you say that you're, in built, the past. that you're built to do it? Yes, I'm built to spill. Got him. Yes. All right. I see. Just, My seed see. upon the ground. Anyway. It's an owner. <laughs> is, is, is that from the legend of Prodiger's wife or whatever fucking poem yeah, bullshit it, you were reading earlier? It is uh, a reference to the biblical character of Onan, who was... Uh, you fucking was, freak. What? <laughs> don't pretend you don't know what Onanism is. You have the high ground here, Brian. You have us both defenseless. He got in trouble because he spilled his seed upon the ground. Look it up. It's in the Bible. (laughs) You got us. You've picked the two most Christian people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna look this right. Look this up right now. This is Onan. This is my. Listen, I'm reading th- my this peaches. This is on your. Onan, this is on your dime, Bible. Brian. You're the one yeah, editing this. No, I know that. Here, why did God slay Onan? Okay, I'm looking this up right now. He slew him. Okay, here, the story of he o- slew him Onan. For nothing? All right, this is just listen. This is Genesis, uh, chapter thirty-eight, verses three through ten. Uh, Mega Drive for our UK listeners. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Uh, so Shua, the wife of Judah, conceived and bore a son, and Judah called his name Ur. Wow. She conceived again and bore a son, and she called his name Onan. Then Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. You forget how compelling Genesis is. It's really well written. It's just lists of names. Yeah. But Ur, Judah's, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. And Judah said to Onan. That's so fucking dope. It's, what, my favorite part God. is he's, it, there's no reason. He's just like. <laughs> there's, there's no reason given, and it is a single sentence with yep. a comma. Where God was just like, that dude sucks. Nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, and Judah said to Onan, go in to your brother's wife and marry her, and raise up an heir to your brother. But Onan knew that the heir would not be his, and it came to pass, when he went in to his brother's wife, that he emitted on the ground, lest he should give an heir to his brother. And the thing which he did displeased the Lord, therefore he killed him also. <laughs> Why aren't you I... coming in your lady, dude? Die. Well, what's interesting is now a lot of people, uh, I think onanism is a synonym for masturbation rather than just not coming in someone. I believe. Interesting. Okay. It is interesting. And I have a so, lot to say about it. No nut November originated in the Bible? Uh, I get, you know what? I guess that's true. Yeah. Okay, great. Everything originated in the Bible. <laughs> Chapter true. one, verse one. <laughs> Chapter right. one, verse one. Murder is super cool. It's God's favorite. Yeah. Uh, all right, my peaches. Is any of this staying in? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in because it's important to teach the listeners of this podcast something. I was legitimately engrossed. I have not thought about that in forever. So uh, we're not saying right. anything that isn't actually already in the Bible. So mm -hmm. that's right. Except the part about me spilling my seed all over the ground. That part wasn't in there specifically about me. That part I added. And you're doubling back on it. Also, I, my seed could be anything. I didn't really specify. I could have a jar of seeds. <laughs> but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Anymore? I'm like at, at my fucking limit right now. I'm trying to give you an out. All right, Peaches. Uh, Audrey got her second uh, shot today, second COVID vaccine, Yay! which is great. Right. I'm very excited about it. She told everybody I took her out for ice cream afterwards, and uh, she could not stop talking to the nice man working behind the ice cream counter about how she is now vaccinated. And the real reason she wanted to get vaccinated is because we told her once she was fully vaccinated, that is, once we have uh, gone through the waiting period, we can go get conveyor belt sushi again with her. So, can I come? Can I come? Yes, you me? can. Of course, we would love that. That would be great. Hell yeah. Uh, I was going to say Thanksgiving, but I'm going to skip on that. Uh, even though I agree with it, it was. Uh, I just don't want to uh, echo. Uh, peach number two. I went to Denver for five days, and I did not like that eye roll. By the way, Jordan. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, serious, I'm not kidding you. My my face hurts a little bit. I sold it so much that it was uncomfortable. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, yeah. I went to Denver for five days and saw a bunch of friends, including uh, buddies from the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, and it was lovely to see them all 
and oh. uh, see their live shows. They actually let me sit in for a few things in one of the live shows. And uh, actually, after they did a private <laughs> show, and after their show, someone came, I guess I did a live stream with them at some point, and someone came up to me, and she was like, I read this book, The Revisionaries, because you mentioned it on the live stream. And this is a book I've been wanting, I want to talk about this book with people, and I don't know anyone else that's read it, The Revisionaries by A.R. Moxon. And uh, I was so pleased that someone was like, hey, this thing you suggested, which is like a, it's like a fucking 800 page book or something, uh, she read and enjoyed. So that was a nice, a nice feeling. And I also got to hang out with another friend up there I haven't seen in a while. It was a great weekend. I love Denver, I love Colorado. It was just great. Uh, That's awesome. And my final peach is uh, a couple, uh, probably about a month ago, one of my lemons was that the, the stupid image strip on my uh, MacBook Pro stopped functioning. Aww. It's just working again for whatever fucking reason, and I don't know why. And well. I didn't do anything as far as I can tell. It's just working again. And I'm very happy about that. And those are my peaches. Wow. Awesome. I want to comment on all of them, but I don't know how much longer we want to... It doesn't we fucking matter. We're I'm, over two I'm sorry hours. That Anything I, goes. That I like <laughs> snorted for no reason. Oh, Jory, I, I was just thinking about you saying the the, the loving wife of Predaker or whatever, oh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you called it. I, you I are, don't remember. You are so uniquely good at uh, disparagingly throwing out a fake name for a stupid thing. <laughs> like you're so good at it, and they stick That's with another me. instinct I need to curb. It's so cynical. Why you call no. it? And you're like, oh, Pumberton Never has change. a new outfit in Animal Crossing, and you're just like, <laughs> spot on. Pumberton off the dome. Wow. wow. I don't remember this, but that's great. <laughs> You're a comedy genius, Jory, and what an you honor really to have are. you on this show for two yes, hours yes. and 12 minutes. And you better Overly accept generous, that my friend, goddamn compliment, delight. or I'm going to come to your the, home and kill you. I believe you and I have skirted around the fact that the, the way I accept compliments now is, that's very generous. Which, oh, wow. which it self-containedly implies I do not believe it to be true. <laughs> yeah, it's my, like, my, okay, thanks, but you're full of shit. Yeah. Uh, my, my favorite way to accept a compliment is to go, do go on. <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah, just sort of like goof your way out of it. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> or don't know if or why is everyone so obsessed with me? Yes. <laughs> my, my new thing I've been saying a lot uh, when I don't want to deal with the, the why are you doing that question uh, is trust the process, which I find is a, is a fun catch-all and completely kills all discussion. In, in, a, in a way that I enjoy. I like it. Oh, that's yeah. your favorite. Hell yeah. All right, Jory, um, I'm assuming you don't want people to find you or unless you want people to find you or you want to plug something. You can plug anything. You don't have to plug a thing you did. Nah, I've showed enough on this Could you please just, yeah, just once talk about the Patreon, please, just once? <laughs> we beg you to I do refuse. <laughs> Great. But if you well, want to find me, I'll be walking down the street whistling a merry tune. <laughs> <laughs> Jory, we both love you so very much. Um, oh, you guys are the best. You're the best, you. Jory. Wow. Uh, folks at home, really hope you enjoyed this because we did um it's really fun yeah I, my stomach hurts from laughing uh yeah. and i can't wait to re-listen to this in several days so that it is out by friday anyway 
Yes. Uh, folks at home, hope you had a fun Thanksgiving or not, or both ways. Hope you're doing great, that you're coming, and <laughs> literally <laughs> forgot about the kitty. <laughs> and uh, there's the kitty. You have been blessed slash cursed. We all have seven days to live. Stay safe. Come hard. That's the end of the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht, Leighton Gray, and Jarek Centeno. Follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, or email us anytime at LeightonNight at gmail.com. Also, if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a podcast review.